Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Nick Lieberman, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello, and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. He's the genius writer and director that's at the helm of a new big screen release that's putting the wonderful world of our theatre industry front and centre. But when outside forces start to infiltrate their beloved camp, it's time to remind the world why there's nobody as resilient and leading with their heart quite like us thespians. So here in an exclusive conversation just a matter of hours before his baby is released to the world, we discuss the roaring joy of writing and mounting theatre camp with his friends, why theatre remains his true love and how he and fellow creatives, including that of Broadway superstar Ben Platt, found the heart of this standout new movie that celebrates our wonderful industry. Plus, we find out why it all revolves back to the movie of Singing in the Rain and why comedy is just really, really tough. And that's okay. It's the fantastic Nick Lieberman here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Nick and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please let me welcome to this the next episode of Eleven. He's the superstar creative and director that's bringing your new favourite theatre-based movie to the big screen. This is very exciting. So please let me welcome Mr. Nick Lieberman. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And I am very excited to talk to you about a film that I have spent a lot of time having seen it, talking to my friends saying, you need to go see this film. You need to go see this film. And my friends are like, why, why, why? So I feel like very soon people will hopefully understand because they are going to go see it. But the fact that theatre is even on the big screen Screen. The fact that theatre is being spoken about feels like Christmas Day for me. I mean, for you, knowing the release is imminent, and as we record this, it quite literally is imminent. Where's your head at? Yeah, I mean, I think our dream of all dreams was to make something about, uh, you know, a world that meant so much to us and uh, as kids, but still does, you know, to have uh, theatre movies and theatre comedies, um, you know, just exist, are some of our favourite movies. So, like, I, I think to 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 make something and, and have it enter into that conversation or like just get to be out there uh yeah it's 
thrilling for us as well. It feels like a really silly and basic question, but has theatre always been your one love or is the world of movies, I guess, more there? Where where do you lie? I think that, you know, movies are definitely a love of mine, but theatre was my first love for sure. And, you know, and, and even like movie musicals were, were my, you know, I was a, at three years old, I was like totally obsessed with singing in the rain. I like think for my third birthday, I got an umbrella so I could do the choreography better. I think that the, uh, yeah, it was, it, I, I, I love theater. I love musical theater. And um, it, it, it was so fun to get together basically with us four friends and be like, what would we want to see in a movie about theater? You know, whether it's a, uh, references to to tear sticks um and uh or or you know really subtle chorus line and cheetah rivera references within the first 10 minutes of the movie like you know it's just th these are the kinds of things that we were like okay you know can we get away with this can we sneak this in? like what else do we need to do in this movie to make it uh to 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 make it okay that we're, we're going so so niche as well an umbrella is an interesting one because I got the Mary Poppins umbrella, you know, with like the parrot on top. I think it's a parrot. Mm. So I think there's something about young kids and umbrellas. Yes, totally. They're excited. I mean, they, you know, they change, they're interactive. They're, you know, there's a lot going on there. Well, so you can, <laughs> I think I just use most of the umbrella most of the time to hit my sibling with, which I think is probably mm. the most amount of use they got. Totally, totally. That's also good to add a weapon to your kid's arsenal. Was there anything when you were sort of thinking or even sort of dreaming about the possibility of creating this film that you felt was too far? Like to us theatre people, the references, the jokes, it's like, yeah, it's like sort of like sort of cannon fodder to us. But was there anything you were like, oh, maybe we're going too stagey with this one. We might need to just bring it back a little bit. I definitely think that we have a tendency, you know, especially in the writing process to get like more and like go further down the road where it was like, you know, oh, like some kids should be excited about like they're getting cast. And like, I remember Noah was like, what about like Giles Corey from The Crucible? It's like, I don't think we can get away. Like, I don't even know that we can get away with like a wicked reference, you know, much less like Giles Corey. But I do think that like, it's a, uh, you know, in our hearts, uh, that those moments I think are like, you know, are really important to us and like really the, uh, the essence of, of what we were trying to do. So I, yeah, I mean, going too far, I mean, one thing that was definitely hard, maybe not so much on the reference front, but like so many of the stories that are most ridiculous that like we love to talk about of, of theater teachers were too extreme for a movie like that that you know like would would have made these teachers unlikable in some ways because because we all know like theater teachers do crazy stuff like I, I don't even know if they can get away with it anymore but when we were in school like they were yeah it was out there so were there experiences that you had being that theater kid going to those theater schools and camps that you were immediately like I have to put this real life situation in because there were so many that were so simple but like that's got to have come from someone somewhere that's had that experience it was really true to life I definitely think that that essence of like the teachers being like don't do this if you can do anything else in this world do it trust me you know that kind of like knowing uh jaded attitude is like you you inevitably encounter it everywhere and i think yeah that was one of the starting points for us of this entire movie is like how how do these people get to that point where they've devoted their entire lives to something that they you know with every breath are saying like don't do it you know don't take my path don't copy me so um yeah no i i there were there's definitely a lot you know it's it, i feel like that's come up a, a lot of like which are the specific moments but i think that i don't know i mean you know you hear so many stories about about like teachers randomly like shocking kids like you know 
hitting them or like randomly like kissing them or, you know, these stories that are just so out of pocket. And um, yeah, we didn't include anything like that. But I, I think that that idea of, you know, Ben's character sort of telling the kids to like use the, use what's coming up in the space, use the negative emotions, I think is like, unfortunately, a uh, a core practice of maybe too young uh, or, or teachers who are working with kids who are too young to handle that. One of the things I loved, I, I don't want to give too much away, but when some external people enter, I believe it's a rehearsal or a dress rehearsal and just the seriousness of like being dismissive of you can't come into this space at this time. It's very important that we're all on track. We've got a schedule to stick to. And I, I think we can all remember those moments of like, why are we taking this so seriously? Totally. Totally. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, and, it, but uh, you know, and I think that that's what was fun to us is like on the other side that, that intensity is what made us care and is what was like oh I guess this does really matter like I guess whether I'm able to like pull off susicle tonight like is gonna be the make or break of like mine and my parents lives you know and I, I at once is that totally healthy I don't know but I don't know that we would be doing what we're doing now had we not been given that gift of like no what you do matters and what you do like how you do it and the the seriousness with which you approach it like even if it's comedy, like, you know, be committed and, and uh, yeah, do the best you can. There's a great sense of innocence, I think, written in all the characters and the way in which they really understand and portray their love of theatre. I guess from your experience in the industry, was it, I, I would also return back to that sense of innocence, but sort of go back to the beginning and remember why you've probably first fell in love with theatre and, and how so many of us get into this industry is through the overwhelming desire just to be involved. You know, I felt so lucky that I was making my first movie and it was so similar, had such continuity to those joyful experiences of being young and in a room with my closest friends being like, is this funny? Is that funnier? Does that work? You know, ooh, what if we did this? What if we did, you know, and I don't know, like Ben and I did improv together from the time that we were like 14 years old. You know, Molly, Ben and I were like singing together at that time too. And so it's just like, it's, it's uh yeah, it's such a a, a wonderful, um, yeah, it's just truly special to be able to connect to those initial impulses of creativity, because I, I don't know, I think that that is, that's what it all is about, ultimately, like all these people that kind of, there's like a lot of mystification about like, what is their process? And how do they do it? And, you know, how do they have some thought in a room? And suddenly it's this like giant movie, not that this is a giant movie by any means, but it's like, you realize it's it's a lot of that same process. It's a lot of, it has more in common with your high school theater production than you might think. And you can learn as much from doing those things as anything. Um, and so, yeah, it was really beautiful to like not be searching for those connections. It's like literally so on the surface of what we were doing. And also when you're mounting and trying to write with friends and people whose talent you know so well, and of course they know yours as well, does that make it, does that work in some regard in an easy way, but also when you perhaps don't agree, does that almost make it harder? I guess, how do you even out the cracks to make sure that it sort of follows the narrative that that I guess you've written previously for? I guess, how do you have those conversations? Yeah, I think it's so nice when you know each other as well as we all know each other, because you know the kinds of things that aren't, that are going to really work for certain people and also the kinds of things that aren't going to work for people. And like, I don't know, you, there are definitely moments where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, but like, she doesn't like that, but like, that's still good. Or he doesn't like that, but like, we should still include that. Or, you know, it's like with new collaborators, I think it's this feeling of when do I trust you? When do I trust myself? And I think 
we know that topography so well. Like we know when there's a joke that's like, okay, that's going to make you laugh or that's going to make Nick laugh and nobody else. Like when we eventually show this to people, like, and, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling, but it's also fast, like comparatively, you know, like you, you, you throw something out or you try to solve a problem and it's like pitch, 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 pitch. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, that's, we know that's the good one. Like we're all laughing. That's clearly the right idea. Um, and and I don't know. It's also that thing like if we all like it and we think it's right, then that's as good as we're ever going to get in any, you know, that's as much assurance as you're ever going to get when you're trying to throw something out into the world. Um, and it, yeah, so that, that, that aspect of collaboration is, is, is so freeing in another way. Was it the same approach when you decided and made the creative decision, perhaps individually or as a team, to add a music element to it? The fact that you wanted to not just have all spoken word, I guess, because that creates a whole different venture that creates into a whole different world, which as an audience member was thrilling. But to mount something fresh in this industry and in this world, it, you know, that's a big ask. Yeah, I think for us coming from doing the short, one of the main things we were excited to tackle was writing an original musical and getting to take all of our favorite references i mean for each of those numbers ben and noah put together you know like a probably a, a youtube playlist that's like two and a half hours long for our composer to like work with us and 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 craft what the tone of those numbers should be and uh yeah i mean we adored that process all on zoom with our wonderful composer mark sonnenblick and um honing those those songs and 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 trying to create a I don't know. It's so satisfying to me when you watch a movie about people making something and no matter how like absurd they are in the end, the product is like clearly, you know, that they took care to to make that thing. And that like, you know, it, it's good on some level. It's good in terms in the terms of the story. And I think, yeah, our goal was like, yeah, maybe Rebecca, Diane and Amos are kind of talented and they, 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 they were able to like they know nothing about the stock market. I'll tell you that much but like they're still able to put together a pretty nice tap production number uh you know that that showcases the kids abilities one thing that i love is that this might be some people's first instance if they come through any of the amazing stars that are in this into the world of musical theater they might just watch a film and have never been to a musical before and this could be their first step into that world have you obviously there have been quite a few people that have seen it now but not a huge amount till the official release but once that happens are you excited about the fact that you could be i guess a starting point for a lot of people that introduces a new generation to the world of theater yeah completely i think that that idea of comedy and like great that, that that musical theater is you know there's an earnestness to it for sure a lot of the time and there's an earnestness to our movie but there's also like such opportunity for comedy and like some of my favorite laughs ever were via musical theater that idea of really making something that is is first and foremost a comedy but then shows how how essential I don't know you know I, I we were definitely also inspired by Book of Mormon, which Ben did, you know, on, on Broadway. And and just I I was so impressed when I originally saw that with just how how faithful they were to so many musical theater conventions and um and the sweetness of of great musical theater, you know, characters while also being so unacceptably irreverent. And I think like it that that, you know, among many other 
influences uh, was in our minds. Did you expect a lot of the conversations for the people that have seen it so far to be this desire for a a stage show of stage version, mm-hmm. perhaps even more? I've seen people talking about we want more. This can't be the end. But also the fact they want a full musical. Did you know this would probably come out of it? We hoped, you know, we <laughs> hope that people want more Joan still, that it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, yeah, the soundtrack, which is out now, has full, yeah, full numbers for each of the songs. You can hear extra versus the rhyming of the Polish town Sosnowiec with the word Soviets. Check it out. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know, like it's uh, it's it's it was so fun to put together. And and I don't know exactly what that looks like, but certainly would love to bring Joan Still to a to a theater. It's wild that this is not even out yet. And people are already talking about the possibility of what's next. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a good tick. I think it shows you've done a good job, right? Yeah, no, thank you. I, I we appreciate that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you talk to me about some of the comments and reactions that you've had so far from the journalists, from the interviewers, from the people that have, I guess, mentioned very specific things? I mean, people pick out the most bizarre stuff that probably means nothing to the the great public, but actually to you as a creative is probably a really inspired choice. Has has there been anything so far that you thought, I'm so glad that translated translated so well to the big screen and subsequently to an audience member yeah I mean one thing that's fun about this movie and I think it's partially because the four of us wrote it and there's improv it's like there's there's a lot going on in the movie and you know and a lot of jokes and so there's a feeling I think of yeah random there's a lot of touch points for people I mean definitely a lot of people see themselves in the Troy character who is kind of the one who doesn't know anything about theater is kind of the fish out of water and they're just you know, they're like, oh my God, that character like was unbelievable. And it's like, for us, it was like, oh, okay. I'm glad that we like found a a dude that makes sense to you guys who actually know, you know, not that we don't know crypto bros, but it's like, for us, it's, you know, our, our knowledge base is far more on the, the theater side. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a, well, one moment I really love that I just, that, that, that means a lot to me is because it's so indicative of, of what, how we made the movie is, there's this moment where Amos, Ben's character, is directing a kid and says, like, you know, you need to act like a father. The kid says, I am not a father. And he says, well, did, like, did Julianne Moore really have dementia? The the <laughs> Bailey, who is <laughs> the little girl also in the scene, like, without us telling uh, her to at all, just turned to him and was like, no, no, like, trying to help him out, being like, no, she didn't have dementia, like, helping her, her castmate. And I thought the sweetness of that, like, oh, like, I want my castmate to succeed in the eyes of the director the absurdity of I mean just all of the ingredients came together and that's not something that any of the adults involved came up with that was just Bailey's own instinct so anybody who's mentioned the does Julianne Moore really have dementia moment I feel like is is yeah really tapping into what the movie's about I feel like this is such a basic thing to say to you I think it's probably like 10-50 minutes towards the start of the film but it's just the best way to get musical theatre people to shut up is to sing or to start quoting musical theatre and it, we've all been, we've all been there we've all had that it's like for fuck's sake we're so simple totally it's just yeah I mean that was one of the most fun elements is just going through and imagining all these even like camp movie tropes 
you know, and thinking like, okay, can we do, you know, what, what would be the most extreme comic version of, of that? Um, and yeah, that was definitely an early one that we, oh, the throat coat, like the kid dealing throat coat, that definitely is an idea that we really loved. The idea that at theater camp, like the drug dealers are like, had Grether's pastilles and like Fisherman's Friend and, and would be like selling those for discounted rates. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It does feel like there's been this amazing shift. And you reference like Book of Mormon. And of course, loads of people will know Ben from his stage work. But it does feel like there's been this, this sort of, I think, quite far shift in terms of the way in which younger people and comedy have sort of met in the middle for the big screen, for, for theatre. I think even in music, I think music is very fun at the minute. It feels like comedy is getting its moment. It feels like we're allowed to laugh, we're allowed to have fun. And I wonder, does comedy make mounting something like this a greater challenge because you do have to create comedy that hopefully suits everybody? Or actually is, do you sort of have to believe in the material that you've got and hope that someone laughs somewhere, I guess? Because comedy can so easily not work in stuff like this. And musical theatre comedy is tricky at the best of times. So I guess, how much faith and where do you find your faith to go, no, this is the right place? knowing that our hearts were in the right place in terms of like loving theater and loving this world so much, we did feel like, okay, push it, like go for it, like take the risk, put that, you know, yeah, put the Studio 54 number like together, like just, just go, go for it. And nobody's going to ever accuse you of like not caring about or loving or like having the wrong kind of relationship to theater it means so so much to us you know especially like nobody's gonna come for Ben Platt being a theater hater you know <laughs> like obviously so I think that like comedy you know it's it's really hard in terms of just the discipline of working and reworking and like we haven't talked too much about like the editing process but to 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 do an improvised comedy and be that loose on set requires you know just a, a ton of work to make things that are even so funny when you watch them in dailies, then you watch them in the context of the movie and it's like, okay, this just isn't working. This just isn't funny. And, and so you throw it out or you keep working, you keep working, you keep working. I, I think that it is really hard. Comedy is really hard, but I think that you are helped by giving yourself permission in some, in some way that's like, okay, I don't know. There's, there is a lot of discourse now that really I find very annoying of like, you can't make jokes about, anything it's like well you can't make dumb jokes about everything anymore you know you like have to approach it with some level of consideration and nuance and like what is the subject of the joke and what is the context like I don't know I think some easy targets have have been lost but I think that the essence of like what's like there's still so much that's possible you know and and I think in our case we definitely yeah protected ourselves by placing it in a world that we knew had this inherent like imbalance and this inherent absurdity but that we had a lot of affection for 
But also, I think that is true to a reality of a lot of people of our generation in the world of theatre that has had uh, has similar comedy skills, has similar mindfulness. I know when I'm with my theatre friends, everyone just seems to work and sort of lament on the same sort of level where you're like, oh, no, we're all sort of on the same sort of level of funny. And I think that right. level, it feels common to us. Right. But actually, yeah. in the outside world, it's not. So I feel like actually it's it, I want to say it's brave, but I think it's very daring of you to do that and to believe in that. And I think perhaps that is one of the great successes of the film. No, thank you. And and yeah, I mean, we definitely were very worried about uh, the story being like four best friends who think each other are hilarious, like get a chance to make a movie and like just pat each other on the back for 90 minutes, you know? And I think like trying to be as disciplined as possible, both in terms of preparing and also structuring each and every like joke and scene, I think, um, yeah, we, we, we definitely wanted it to be a movie for all comers and for all uh regardless of your connection to theater but then yeah as i said right at the top like certainly feel like it had enough fodder for for the diehards amongst us also we live in a theater world where there's like singing sweet corn on stage and like patty lapone in a titanic parody musical so i feel like the lols are out for you know they're out for it now right right 100 percent. no we're there's no yeah there's no uh yeah, th there's nothing too irreverent for, for the theatre world, which I think is lucky. I'm very funny because I'm, I'm just very conscious of time, but I feel like if this film was around when I was younger, it would have made me realise that actually we think about New York and London and all these places where theatre centre, but actually I really respected the fact that this was a theatre world that I sort of, I guess, remember from being young, which is out in the sticks, out in the regions, out in places right. where there's more green than people, perhaps. And I wondered, yeah. I guess, for you, firstly, was that a conscious, very conscious decision? And I guess the second part of that is what do you think your creation would have meant to you way back when, when you first sort of toyed with the idea of theatre, I guess, is this, is this a love letter to a younger you? I think that theatre, you know, especially when we were growing up was, was certainly like outsider and kind of othered. It still is. But I think that there's this way in which like the, the, the a lot of the shows that we love came out of this very like you know, sweaty, 70s, sexy kind of like way of working and way of like a bunch of people in a room throwing something together, you know, people who are really smart and funny. And and I think like connecting to a like less commercialized, like you're saying, concept of what theater is and like a more primal, Sondheim-y, Fosse-y like concept of theater, like even though this was about kids uh, doing theater, I think we were excited about making something like I think for me as a kid, being a theater kid, not feeling that cool in my love of musical theater, you know, over time recognizing just how cool a lot of the theater that I, I love was. Um, I did want to make a movie. I think we all wanted to make a movie that was like, no, like, you know, there's, there is continuity between like the Annie's being at Studio 54 and like that bad, you know, like regional production of Annie that you just saw, you know, your friend in. Like, so I just think that there's like a, there's a way in which, um I don't know, like that, that's, yeah, that's, it is, it is a, a, a message back in time to myself. Like, that's cool. Like theater's cool. Be cool. Nick, this has been <laughs> such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And most importantly, congratulations on what I think is going to be a pretty wild ride for you the next few days. So just embrace the madness. And I, I look forward to seeing even more of the crazy comments and probably lots of singing in the rain gifts coming your way now from me. But just, <laughs> just thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.